Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Coin Talk with Carr Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas via Simplecast and supported by listeners like you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Coin Talk. Today is May 3rd, 2019. How you doing? How's your weekend? Hopefully everybody's doing swell out there. Well, we got a lot to talk about in the crypto markets. A lot of interesting um, just prices moving, to be honest with you. And I got some interesting news on Bitcoin, for sure. Well, I think uh, a lot of people aren't talking about it, so make sure to hang on to Coin Talk segment for that. But today, at the top of the podcast, I want to talk about this whole thing with Justin Sun. <laughs> We can't help it. The media just can't help it when it comes to talking about Justin Sun. Um, If you haven't heard, cryptocurrency pioneer Justin Sun just bid a record 4.57 million. That's right. To have lunch with Warren Buffett, who you might know as the Oracle of Omaha or the person who referred to Bitcoin as rat poison squared. (laughs) You can pick your choice on that. Well, we know who Justin Sun is. If you don't know who he is, let me remind you, he is the the all-hailing entrepreneur who started Tronix or TRX token back in 2017. Gosh, we made a lot of money back then <laughs> with, with Tron. We saw it go from what, like 0.6 tenths of a cent all the way up to 19 cents. And a lot of us made some money on that, right? It was It was a good time back then. Well... In hopes to meet Warren Buffett, he just right now just announced that he won the record setting 20th anniversary charity lunch that gets him a seat with Warren Buffett. And he says, I'll also invite blockchain industry leaders to meet with a titan of investment. He says, and I quote, I hope this benefits everyone. Yeah, and we know... Warren Buffett has gone on the uh, defensive, I would say. Yeah, maybe offensive. Depends on what you're looking at. But him and Charles Munger have criticized cryptocurrencies in the past. They called it Rat Poison Squared. A lot of them said, uh, here recently, actually, Warren Buffett just said that he thinks Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme, but he looks at blockchain technology as a future, which makes sense to some of the companies he owns that are leveraging blockchain technology. What's interesting is that the money that they raise for the San Francisco-based charity Glide, which is good. I mean, all this money is going to charity, right? At the end of the day, they're going to give a hefty contribution to help many thousands of people. And that's what this is all about, right? 
this started back in 2000 when the winning bid was 25,000. And what's interesting is you go through all this list all the way up till today, it, it, it shot over a million dollars in 2008 when Zhao Dangwang, a pure heart asset management, bid $2 million. At that point, it's been in the millions ever since. This is the highest it's ever been at $4.57 million. I think what's interesting is that Justin Sun, or at least I see it. I don't, I don't, it took me a long time to see this, but I don't think a lot of people see this in the space. But we know he bought BitTorrent for $120 million. This was after the sale of uh, TRX, you know, launching that token. Um, here recently, they went ahead and created BTT token with um, Binance. Um, and what I'm seeing here is a reoccurring theme with him. Um, it seems like he's spending the money <laughs> that he receives from these tokens just on more marketing, um, more people to um, to evangelize TRX and BTT. And don't get me wrong, if it was doing what it said it was doing, then I would have no problem with that. But we know BitTorrent token is an absolute sham. Um, take a listen to our Inside Protocol that we did last season and you can see right there it, it we literally have the guy who created BitTorrent going on the record saying the exact same thing I'm saying so that's what kind of upsets me with all this is that he's using the winnings of his BitTorrent token to pay for a lunch with Warren Buffett so he can pitch him on TRX and um, I'm sure he's going to talk about blockchain technology but if if you guys listen to Justin Sun he's not the most eloquent speaker he doesn't know very much about how the protocol works. He's a marketing guy. And that hurts us if this guy is the one that's meeting with um, Warren Buffett. I just hope and I pray <laughs> that uh, he he calls upon like Andreas or calls upon Trace Mayer or calls upon some people that have been in the space quite some time and that don't have any biases attached to them, right? Um, I just don't want to see... Warren Buffett's first representative from the crypto space to be Justin Sun, frankly. Uh, again, I'm happy that this is all going to charity, but at the same time, this is all the money that he used from his BitTorrent token. It's quite obvious that's what this is. And um, it's a nice fun to have, right? But I don't think that is what the vast majority of TRX holders are hoping you're spending their money on. At least in my opinion. Take a listen to Justin Sun as he talks about this epic lunch that he's going to have with Warren Buffett. I have a very optimistic uh, point of view of the future of the both Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency. Uh, since you can see the Lightning Network and also the Facebook, JP Morgan is trying to issue the stable coin on the blockchain. So I think everything uh, is very promising right now. Promising, yes, but uh, there have been enough uh, investors, uh, you know, sounding a note of caution. Uh, you know, whether you have uh, Warren Buffett saying uh, Bitcoin is not an investment, uh, or Ray Dalio talking about it as a speculative bubble. Harvard Mark saying that it doesn't have any substance. Uh, it seems like people are not really viewing this as an investment instrument. Perhaps from a business angle, there could still be some merit at looking at the business, uh, at looking at. Uh, uh, Bitcoin's future or the future of cryptocurrency based on the blockchain technology to hold some ground. Uh, do you believe uh, that that would be the case, uh, that it would not be seen as uh, 
uh, an investment vehicle, but more as a business idea? Um, I believe, the, first of all, um, blockchain currency uh, is, um, pro, is um, both like Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey uh, is pro the cryptocurrency. And even the Warren Buffett, um, he disliked the Bitcoin. But still, I think this is a very uh, good opportunity for the younger generation. Uh, and the second, I think uh, Bitcoin is, uh, is a technology rather than the business opportunities uh, because you can see the Lightning Network and also uh, a lot of the Layer 2 solution is also developed in the public chain. So that's why I think uh, we are facing the next wave of the Internet. Right. Uh, and so how are you going about doing this? What are you picking up from the conference right now that gives you uh, assurance uh, that there is a case uh, to invest more in this business, to invest more in blockchain technology? And how are you making the most of it? Um, I think basically uh, right now the biggest opportunity is the mass adoption. Uh, for example, the Q2, we were introducing uh, the cryptocurrency and the blockchain into the BitTorrent network, uh, the one of the largest file transfer network in the world. Uh, we have over 100 million uh, monthly active users in over 138 countries, uh, which I think a lot of the companies like Facebook will also bring a lot of the people into the industry as well. Justin, got to ask you back to Tron. Uh, market cap right now, about one and a half billion dollars. You've been widely quoted saying, "Look, that market cap number, whether it's one and a half or whatever, is not what you really care about. Is not what you really focus on. Why?" Um, so basically, I think the valuation and the market cap uh, is just the surface of the business. So um, primarily, um, basically, uh, I'm more like focusing on the business development, technology, and lots of the exciting things going on Tron uh, now. Yeah, and if the thing that he's not telling you is if you spend five minutes Google searching Tron's main apps, you'll come to find out that they're just gambling apps. <laughs> like seriously, this guy is creating just gambling sites that use TRX. And you're able to go, you know, 2x, 3x, depending on how much you're willing to gamble. Um, this is an exciting crypto technology. Uh, th this isn't what uh, DLT was made to do. I mean, I mean, I guess if you want to make a gambling uh, smart contract platform, then I guess go with uh, TRX. Um, but it, it doesn't seem to me like this is going to go anywhere. Uh, personally, I know you can criticize Ethereum and for everything that it's done in the past, but if you actually look at what they're creating, they're creating actually quality projects. They might be small and still trying to scale, but there's actual real utility, potential world changing utility there. Or at least that's what they're aiming for. But with Tron, it, to me, it looks like it's just a gambling platform. Makes no sense. And I, for one, am glad that I got out of Tron <laughs> at 19 cents, 17 cents, right? It just doesn't make any sense anymore. But he has a crypto lunch with Buffett, so we'll see how that goes. With that, let's get into coin talk. That's right. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trades, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering, isn't it? This crypto dream. Only on Cointop. All right, 
ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk, my favorite part of the day, your favorite part of the day, right? Before we get into that, I just want to thank everybody who's been listening to the show. Uh, we just finished up our second season here. Um, it was pretty awesome. I think we, I think we went off with a bang. I think with Cosmos, I think that was a really cool episode. There's a lot of people that seem to be really uh, fascinated with it, and um, it's no surprise that it's pumping. <laughs> I think it's over a dollar something, a dollar fifty. Than when we started talking about it, um, which makes me question whether um, we might have to start looking at uh, some other ways of preventing us from getting sued or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it was it was strange. Like we did the show uh, that Monday or was it Monday or Thursday? I forget which day it was. Um, and then almost immediately the price soared up like. Um, I want to say like a dollar or 90 cents, 50 cents. And then it kept soaring. And right now it's it's over like two dollars from when we started talking about it. Um, it it's just nuts. Um, I don't think that's directly thriller <laughs> podcast. I, I honestly don't. I don't think it is. I think I think I think what happens is you'll start seeing. Um, now, this is what I really think it is. I really think it's like. Like the way I'll hear about it is, oh, okay, this is an interesting project. It'll start talking, people will start talking about it. I'll start paying more attention to it. Um, and then I'll kind of do over like a quick little kind of gloss over of the project just really quickly on my phone. And then the more time I see that, I'm like, okay, well, it, it, it has my interest, you know. So let me go ahead and start like looking at some videos from the, the uh, Cosmos network itself. So I start listening to seminars and stuff like that that they release. And then I start thinking like, oh, okay, wow, I see what they're talking about here. And then, and then that's when I start doing a deep dive. And that's where we create the podcast where I do a deep dive really look at the technology, look at the protocol and everything like that. And then it's at that point, that's when I decide, okay, let's make a, a podcast episode on it. Um, they're, they're not, they're not um, hard to do. They just require a lot of time. Uh, it's probably why you saw less of Thriller podcast episodes towards the end of the second season, just because they require a lot of time. I, I'll spend seven to eight to nine hours even creating one episode of, of Thriller a thriller crypto, a thriller podcast. Um, yeah, the, the easy part is the news, the coin talk. Like that's all just knowledge in my head, right? It, the hard part is actually creating that last 30 minute, 45 minute segment. Um, that's a part that, that takes a lot of time because it's a lot of research and you got to write out what you're going to say and stuff like that. But I think overall, I think what we saw with that is an overabundance of people looking at that project over some time and now, now, I guess myself covering it, and I think there's other people in the space that are covering it. I haven't checked YouTube to see if anybody else big covered it, but I think now you're going to start seeing that people pay attention to it. And so right now, what you're probably seeing is more people looking at it uh, because a lot of people in the crypto space, a lot of people won't tell you this, but I'll be honest with you, like me personally, I listen to everybody's stuff. Like I listen to every all the podcasts that you probably listen to. I listen to all, I watch all the YouTube, um, you know, YouTubers that you probably watch too as well. You know, I, I look at a lot of the financial aspects of cryptocurrency, you know, from just different data sites that I have. One of these days I'll create a list of all the websites that I look at. Some of them might be not, might, might be different than what you're looking at. And then we also have thrillercrypto.com where I, 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 we basically get a whole siphon of all this news that comes through there. So that's one place that I go to personally to look at all the news just to catch up. And if there's there could be between 25 to 50 news items 
every single day in crypto and it all gets siphoned into thrillercrypto.com. That's one of the main reasons why I created the site. It was literally to create the site for everybody to kind of get a cleaner reading experience when they're looking at crypto news as opposed to looking at, you know, you know, whatever Cointelegraph does or whatever Coindesk does. It's just not clean to read, at least in my opinion. But overall, there's a lot of us out there in the space and the people that are honest with you will tell you like, yeah, I listen to what Tone Base says. Do I believe everything he says? Absolutely not. Do I sometimes scream out loud whenever I hear him say something ridiculous? Absolutely. You know, I'll be watching it on TV or something. I'll be like, he's absolutely wrong right there. And sure enough, he'll be wrong. And it's one thing to, um, but I'm sure he's a great guy. I haven't met him, but I'm sure I've talked to him over you know, correspondence emails, but I've never actually like, you know, had a conversation with them other than that. Seems like a really nice guy. I would love to meet him one day. But what I'm trying to say is I, I, I listen and watch to every, everything that you guys probably listen and watch to as well. It's just that I think uh, with the way I look at projects is way different than the way, you know, somebody that um, is, a, a, is a trader that looks at projects. They probably don't look at the technical aspects of it. And I think with me, You'll definitely get that those technical um, aspects uh, when it comes to just the technology and the protocol and, and what they're trying to leverage leverage against, right? So um, something like Cosmos, it has me very uh, interested, especially with Tendermint, and that was one of the things that we talked about on that episode. Um, so you didn't get a chance to listen to it? Go back and listen to it. It's actually that piece alone to me makes a lot of sense, and I think. I think in the future, when people start rolling out these different uh, protocols and blockchains, they're probably going to steal kind of that kind of framework uh, of the uh, blockchain protocol stack is doing it the way Cosmos does it. It, it just makes more sense. Um, and then I, I criticize it as well, too. So <laughs> you have to go back and listen to it. Anyways, what I'm trying to get at is like, I think my ultimate goal has always been and it will always continue to be is look at everything in this space and come to my own conclusion about it. Um, I feel for the most part, gosh, I want to say 2019, I've been pretty right with a lot of things. Um, 2018 was a lot of growing pains for a lot of us, but I feel like 2019, I've kind of seen everything that's coming. Um, and I've kind of, you know, pointed it out a few weeks apart, a couple weeks apart. And I feel like that's just my mindset. And I think being in this space for quite some time and looking at it every single day, <laughs> that's a, that's a whole lot of work. Right. And I think, after what is it like after 10,000 hours, you become a master at something or something like that. I think I've, I probably spent over 10,000 hours looking into this space and I know it up and down, left and right, sideways, every which way. And I think just um, spending that much time into the space and looking at it and going to these conferences and talking to these people and getting to know, you know, other um, people that create content in the space as well, too, and see how they create their content. Uh, I kind of know what's the right approach and what's the wrong approach. And I feel like with what we got going on here, everything we're doing is the right approach now. Um, again, I did I did say this last time, and I just want to reiterate again. I went ahead, if you go to thrillerx.com, I went ahead and updated my kind of primer of what I do here. So if you click on the About button, uh, thrillerx.com, you click that, and it'll tell you exactly what my uh, kind of goal for Thriller Crypto is and kind of where all the money that comes into Thriller Crypto comes from. So I'm very transparent with that. I think there's not a lot of transparency in the space, especially when it comes to projects. But I think with myself starting this as a quote unquote crypto specific, you know, person journaling the space every single day, 
you'll be able to understand exactly where my income is coming in for crypto and where, you know, my allegiances are, are going to be to y'all, the listener. And I think that's important. I think there's a lot of people in the space, um, especially the people that create a lot of YouTube videos that don't exactly um, talk about where their allegiances lie, whether that's with a, a coin or a project that gave them some coin to give away for free or to to talk about. Um, that To me, that, that comes off kind of like, uh, I don't know if I could trust anything you say. I'll listen to you, but I don't know if there's anything there that I can actually gain a value once you start taking money from projects and ICOs. But that's my opinion. That's how I look at things. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I don't do any of that, but more information is there at thrillerx.com slash about. Check that out. Try to be transparent as possible. Here we go into the third season, fourth season, fifth season, sixth season, just trying to do it the right way. Um, I feel like I have always done it the right way, but I've never come out and shown exactly how I'm doing it the right way. So that's what I've come to realize. Okay, I think I've rambled on long enough. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into coin talk. That's right. This is the part where we play the disclaimer. I'm going to go ahead and leave it in, right? I feel like this disclaimer has become kind of a banner, right? It's basically like saying, hey, do your own research out there. Don't listen to one person. Go out and do your own project research and find out exactly what this project really is about. Go look at the protocol stack. Look at everything. Look at the individuals creating the project itself. See what they created before in the past. Do all that investigation before you listen to somebody like me or somebody like somebody else in the space because they likely hold a bag in it or they likely want to see a pump, right? So that's why they're talking about it. Um, so make sure you do all those things. And this is what this disclaimer talks about, right? So roll the disclaimer. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future, even if he thinks he can. He is just some dude trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk. Let's do it. First up, we got total market cap of $269 billion. That's right, we're down $10 billion from where we were a week ago. Bitcoin dominance is at 56%. We got Bitcoin price at $8509, down 3% on the day. I will say, uh, let's take a look at a couple of news items I want to flash up on real quick. So first off, it's worth mentioning that there was a flash crash on Kraken um, here over the weekend where we saw Bitcoin plummet down from a... $101. That's right. $101 went down to uh, from $8,342 to $101. So whoever had um, orders on in place for $100 Bitcoin got that filled. A lot of people are, are speculating that they were probably hacked, um, which caused, I don't know if you know this, but you can hack somebody's account, right? <laughs> uh, so somebody's speculating that they hacked somebody's cracking account who had a lot of Bitcoin. At that point, they know that they can't just withdraw that because you're creating a trail. So what they did was they set the price of Bitcoin for $100. They went ahead and put their own order in on their own Kraken account and then um, bought it at that point. Um, again, of course, that's going to fill other people who has uh, that same order on there. But you could probably look at the charts and to see exactly how many orders are for there. So ultimately, what I'm trying to say is it looks like this was kind of a from what they're speculating, that this was a hack, but it was done in a very smart way. 
uh, in my opinion. I think it's pretty smart. Well, not free Bitcoin. You're paying for the Bitcoin, but you're giving a, you're getting Bitcoin at a price really, really low compared to what it is right now, which is 8342 It makes sense in theory. Uh, I don't know if that really is what happened. Maybe. But according to BitcoinRx, this is what happened. So everybody wants to probably know where I'm looking at Bitcoin going to right now. Yeah, it's down. Um, and, you know, the first thing that I look at these days is Coinmetrics, just because I, I just find it to be accurate, um, 100%. Um, I'm not even, I wish I'd owned this company, to be honest with you. <laughs> They're getting a lot of free publicity from Ocar. But, um, so I'm looking here at the network data for Coinmetrics.io. We go over to correlation charts. It looks like to me that Bitcoin transaction count is going down. And as you know, when it comes to price increase, I always look at that. Uh, I started looking at that last month and the transaction volume is going down as well, too, according to this linear chart. Uh, let's see here. 523, just a transaction volume. It's gone down. It's gone down from four billion transaction volume to right around one point nine four billion. So that tells me that we're probably going to go down in price. The only reason I say that is because if, if we look at where Bitcoin was at 1.8 the last time, you're not going to believe this and you're probably going to get scared, but don't get scared because it's just where it should, well, it's just the way it is, right? So it can't always go up. Uh, the transaction volume of 1.8 or 1.9 the way we are now, last time we were at that price, it was early May where Bitcoin was priced at $5,769. So if transaction volume, like I've been saying, is any indication of where price is headed, then that means that we're probably headed back down. I think that's safe to say. I won't give you a number, right? I don't. I wouldn't say, oh, we're going back down to $5,000. No, I wouldn't say that. But according to this metric data, uh, because everything is on this network, and it's all being documented. That's what's so great about Bitcoin. Um, so even if you look at transaction, hang on a second, transaction counts. Let's look at that. So we look at transaction counts. Um, we're under 300,000. Last time we were under 300,000 was, oh, wow. Last time we were under 300,000 was we were at $4,000 Bitcoin. Um, so... In my opinion, are we going down in price of Bitcoin? I think so. I think I think if we look at those coin metrics, I think so. Even the TA people, this is where it's good to listen to everybody. Even the technical analysis people, the ones who actually look at the charts, even they're predicting seven thousand dollar Bitcoin at this point. Um, they've been trying to ask for a for a pullback <laughs> for over a week now, and just to, to me personally, the coin metrics data wasn't showing it. It's just it wasn't showing it. So there's no reason to proclaim, at least from my end, that we're going to go down. But now that Coinmetrics is proclaiming to me that, hey, transaction count is going down, transaction volume is going down, it falls right in line with what the, the TA people are saying as well, too. So to me, those two things, along with June always being a relative, you know, slow month for Bitcoin, if you look in the past, and I'm not I'm not so much into network or into uh, price history anymore like I used to be. But June has always been a slow month for cryptocurrency, just in general. 
I think I think we probably will see the price of Bitcoin go lower than where it is right now at eighty five hundred dollars. I don't see us going over ten thousand dollars here in the short term, unless unless metric unless coin metric data points a different way. But we're seeing transaction volume fall. We're seeing transaction count fall. I think the the people that got in from all the like kind of like hype that was kind of presented over this whole month of May um, have kind of just huddled, right? And a lot of us have decided to wait before you buy more Bitcoin above, you know, nine, 9K. Um, so I think that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing Bitcoin price stay at this point and probably fall, in my opinion, you know, here in the short term to adjust for all the new oncoming money that's entered this space. And if the flash crash is any indication of that, <laughs> which I don't think it is, but you know, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because let's say if that flash crash was hacked, right? Then everything I'm saying right now makes makes no sense. But let's say if it wasn't, somebody was willing to sell 1,200 Bitcoin on the open market. That's telling. That's telling because there's a lot of whales on Kraken. But that's telling to me that twelve hundred dollar, twelve hundred dollar, twelve hundred Bitcoin selling on Kraken was going to cause, you know, quite a stir. So, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of translates. OK, now let's look on to the rest of the coin market cap. So that's that's my short term here on Bitcoin. I think we are going down in price. I think it's going to happen at this point. Metric data is pointing to it. Um, TA people are pointing to it as well, too. Um, and everything in general just looks to be just that. So it wouldn't surprise me if I wake up tomorrow and see $7,800 Bitcoin. Okay, so we got Ethereum at 259. We got XRP at 44 cents. Uh, I kind of went on this thing with XRP and I haven't really talked about it a lot because I know a lot of you hold XRP, but like I said, this is not financial advice. It's just my opinion. I personally think XRP at this point um, has made a pivot. And I said that during South by when we had, um, gosh, what's his name? Joel Katz. Is that his name? I don't think that's his real name. David Schwartz is his real name. David Schwartz went to, went to South by. We saw him live. We did a whole podcast on it during South by. And it looked like to me the way he was talking and I even said it at the time. It looks like to me Ripple, the company, has pivoted. They realized they lost the whole banking X rapid thing. They, they lost it. It's not going to happen for them. It's just not. Facebook coming out with their own coin at this point. JP Morgan coming out. Um, we have Stellar and IBM doing their own thing. XRP, it's not going to happen. Bank to bank transfers with XRP is not going to happen. It's not the way it was supposed to go. And that's just the way it rolls sometimes. So when I saw David Schwartz in South by at South by, I realized that they looked defeated. He looked defeated. He he didn't even stay afterwards to talk to the audience, which doesn't surprise me. But I will say, though, that to me, they have to pivot here. XRP has to pivot. They have to create something more than just a banker's coin at this point. They got to create a whole decentralized, basically, a, a, just call it a community at this point. You have a lot of people that are very big on Ripple. A lot of people believe in Ripple think it's the best, um, right? But I think it's important to realize that some of the immediate need of bank-to-bank -bank transfers has already been filled. And it might be best in their best interest to move forward on a different platform. Maybe try to get PayPal, you know, as, as something, or I don't know, do something completely different. 
but it, it, it looks to me that they're going to have to create another use case here in the short term for for XRP, and I feel like that's the only way they're going to stay in the top top ten, unless they continue to buy their own coin because that's what it looks like. <laughs> Sorry, but it looks like that. Uh, okay, so we have Bitcoin Cash at four hundred twenty-five dollars. You got Litecoin at one hundred ten dollars. Got EOS at seven dollars and three cents. We heard EOS over the weekend announce Voice. Dot com. If you go there right now, they're basically opening up their own Twitter or starting their own Twitter. Uh, but what's interesting is, if you remember uh, Dan Laramore, he's the person that created Steam. Steam was the first social networking platform that utilized uh, cryptocurrency. Did it pretty well. We had a Steam account back in the day. Um, but quickly, Steam ran out of Steam. and <laughs> A lot of people stopped using it. There's a lot of uh, kind of game in-game features that, that uh, kind of um, kind of showed its ugly head to where people were upvoting other people, uh, which would cause a spike in Steam. Basically, they gamed the system in a way, the people that wanted to make money. When you introduce crypto into a system, there are going to be people that are just going to try to game it, right? And that's exactly what happened with Steam. Over time, it, it just died off. People are still using it to this day and, and probably making money from it. But Steam, the actual token, has gone down in price. I haven't even looked to see where it's at these days. I would imagine it's not doing too well. Um, kind of sad too, because it was really it was really big back in the day. Um, anyways, it doesn't matter what the price is on that. I'm sure it's like a dollar or less than a dollar at this point. There's a time where it was like at four, seven bucks, seven bucks. Um, either way, so Voice is trying to do exactly the similar thing, except they're going after Twitter. Uh, the only problem with that is they're using KYC. So they're asking for you to um, basically give up your identity to use their platform. To me, I don't necessarily see that as a, um, a win for the average user, just because when it comes to um, digital identity, especially on the internet, uh, unless it's one of those particular apps that I control the identity to, and all they need to do is just verify with like a, to a token and that's all they need to um, to see. And it's, it's it's verifiable through like a third party that isn't EOS.io or EOS.io, whatever they're going by these days. As long as that is, is in place, as long as there's another person that verifies that my digital identity is who I say I am, it gets verified by a third party. That third party talks to EOS voice system and says, OK, you verified it. We trust you. But they never have directly, they never have directly my information on their platform. I'm not sure if they're going to do that. We'll look into it later once they actually roll things out. If it if that is not the case, if there's no third party identity issue or issuing and allowing my digital identity through voice that's not directly connected to voice, then it's dead on arrival, in my opinion. No one's going to use a KYC Twitter. It's just not going to happen. So digital identity is going to be a big, important feature for that specific platform. I do think it's interesting that they created something like that. I'm sure there's going to be some people out there who don't care about their identity just using it. Uh, but to me, that's just waiting for bad things to happen to you at that point. Okay, because then it becomes more of incentive to... Oh, then on top of that, they're going to release their own token with that. But then it becomes more incentive to, to try to hack, right? At least it just becomes kind of a... Uh, a golden parachute of sorts. Okay, so next thing here is Binance Coin. It's gone up in price. There's a lot of news coming out right now that the DEX that they're launching is going to GOIP uh, your address so that, because um, <laughs> that's what DEXs do. <laughs> they don't do that because uh, they have to, uh, because they don't want to be, 
you know, targeted by the United States. Uh, unfortunately, that's just the world we live in. And uh, so they are talking about how um, they're going to have strict compliance with uh, SEC regulation and laws. And they're hoping that that's going to work um, with release of their decks. And anybody who's in the U.S., Canada and a couple other countries won't be able to use it. Um, but I'm sure you could find out a way how. Uh, Bitcoin SV continues to go on a tear. It's at $228 at up 18%. Um, there's so much news coming out about B, uh, Bitcoin SV at this point. Uh, another a whole another thing came out about, you know, Craig Wright and then this other guy named Solo Toshi. And it's ridiculous. At, at this point, it's turned into a soap opera. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stand back and wait for this to die down and then look at it again with fresh eyes and ears. Just because at this point, I've... I've hit a Bitcoin SV overload. I can't, I just don't want to listen to it anymore. We, we have Stellar at 13 cents, Tron at 3 cents. Immediately it dumped, um, dumped 5% today. And this is my big thing. Like, I know there's a lot of people that are big Tron fans that listen to this podcast, and I respect you. I really do. Uh, you know, I was a big Tron fan in the beginning when there was money to be made <laughs> on it. At this point, I realized that there is not any money to be made. The money's already been made. Um, and primarily, you're, what you're going to continue to see with Tron is probably a, uh, probably a spike in price whenever that Warren Buffett uh, lunch does come into fruition. Because he will probably, you know, bring along Jack from Square and like maybe Andreas if we're lucky and a couple other people in the space. He'll bring along with him, maybe Vitalik. Who knows, right? He'll bring along those people with Warren Buffett to sit down and lunch. It'll get a lot of coverage. At that point, Tron will likely pump, right? Um, and then it's just going to dump right again. Um, and and it's, it's because the vast majority of people who hold Tron, I'm talking about I'm talking about the big whales of Tron TRX. Um, in my opinion, I think they're I think they're connected to Tron, to Tronx, the company. But that just sounds like a conspiracy theorist. But no, I'm serious. Take a look at that when you get a chance. Google Tron whales, and you'll see a vast majority of those addresses connected to Tronx. And that's my biggest thing with them is that because you're basically seeing people will get from three cents to let's say seven cents upon that lunch and upon Justin Sun going on a whole advertising spree. I'm sure he's going to videotape it or live tweet it or live, you know, who knows what he's going to do. He's going to do whatever he can to advertise the crap out of that, right? He spent $4 million on it. He's going to do every way he can to do it. He'll probably give Warren Buffett some Tron at that point. Who knows? He'll probably give him some BTT, everything, right? So that's going to pump the price of Tron. You'll see Tron go from like $0.03 cents to $0.05, cents, and that's good. That's good. But immediately <laughs> when that finishes, you're going to see it crash back down. So be on the lookout for that free tip right there. That's going to happen sometime in June. And they said it probably will happen in New York. So some kind of steak dinner. Let's hope Justin Sun eats some steak. Uh, some Omaha steaks in that. We got Cardano at $0.09. Cents. We've been seeing Cardano uh, spike up here in price recently. And uh, we saw EOS, EOS just launch right now on Coindesk. We're not Coindesk, Coinbase. <laughs> so many coin places. Coinbase over the weekend. Uh, at this point, I think it's safe to say that we might start seeing might start seeing maybe Cardano show up on Coinbase at any point this summer. It wouldn't surprise me. So be on the lookout for that, too. That That's something that we've kind of forgot. We know that um, Coinbase doesn't really make a difference these days, but you do see some small spike 
you know, people buying Cardano. And what was cool about EOS over the weekend when they launched is they also did a whole earn thing. So if you go to coinbase.com slash earn, you get like $10 free of EOS, which was cool. Um, so look for that. I, I definitely think there's anybody next in line to show up on, on Coinbase at this point. It's Cardano. It has to be either Cardano. Uh, I would hope it's Sia, but we'll see. Uh, so we got Cosmos. Cosmos is up 12% today. It went over $7. I immediately sold, you know, about, gosh, it was a nice size bag. Because I bought a lot of, I bought, a, as soon as, as soon as I, I was convinced about Tendermint, <laughs> about their whole protocol stack, I immediately bought a lot of Atoms because I was like, oh shit, this is, they built FOMO into the project. Go back and listen to the episode. Seriously. They built FOMO into the project at an early stage. Um, and they built that in. And I think they know that. They just come, can't come out and say it. That's a problem that I have with the whole thing is they can't come out and say that they built FOMO <laughs> into the project early on. Um, you have to listen to the episode to understand what I'm talking about right now. But to me, that's bad and good. It's bad because they didn't come out and say it because they probably can't for legal issues, I would imagine. But they can't. Um, th- the fact that they didn't say it tells me that they are aware of it, at least in my opinion. I would love to ask them personally and let them deny it to my face. But anyways, that's why we're seeing Co- Cosmos pump. People realize that. Uh, I don't think we we didn't we didn't reach like an overwhelming amount of listens on that particular episode on the last episode, but there was a, a, a larger amount of listens compared to previous inside protocols for Cosmos. So if that's any indication, that tells me that people were interested in Cosmos, but didn't necessarily want to have to go dig out the research for it. They just wanted to be served to them, which is what we do, right? We serve the, the content that they want. So it does tell me that people were interested in finding out about that protocol and about that project because it's too much time to go look up YouTube videos and to go do everything that I do, right? It's like eight, seven hours of research. It's just not fun unless you find it interesting like I do. And then Ethereum Classic shooting up over $9. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I really believe Ethereum Classic is going to, you're going to see that back at $30 here pretty soon. It's one of the OG, in my opinion, hard currencies that we have. Yes, it got 51% attacked, but still we got Barry Silbert holding a large bag of it. Um, and I personally think if we see Ethereum cross over the $1,200, $1,400 mark later this year or early next year, we're going to see Ethereum Classic go back up to its highs. It, it, it literally is created and therefore an alternative if Ethereum doesn't scale. It's almost like a safety net. If Ethereum doesn't work out with its proof of stake model, which I don't see that happening. Like I, I seriously don't see this happening, but a lot of people do see this. And they 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 hold Ethereum Classic because they feel like it's a good proof of work model for Ethereum and they want to keep it that way. So over time you will see that price go up in in, in general. And it's not surprising to me that we saw it go from what $7 here Short term, I bought I bought a lot at four dollars, and now it's at six nine dollars and sixty three cents. Um, yeah, this is not surprising to me. This is all according to where I had it planned, you know, a few months ago, several months ago when I started talking about it again. Once it got to four dollars, um, we're going to see it continue to go up. I really think so. Same thing with Cosmos. Same thing with that. I, we started buying it. I started buying it at four dollars. 
did a whole entire protocol on it. Right now it's at $6.95. We're going to see this continuously go up. You know, and I even gave you price targets that are where I see it's going to be at um, in our other episodes. Was it Thriller Rundown? Where I re- or was it Thriller Insights? It's where I really talk about Cosmos, about where I see the price targets for it. And that's going to happen. I really do. Um, I got to where I would love to see it at and where I kind of see it going, you know, if we don't do anything. Um, Tezos is another one that I'm looking at here in the long term as well. It's $1.44 right now. I think we are... I think we're about to get in on this. Here you go. Actually, let me pull this up. I don't think this is the one. No, this isn't the one. But I would say here in the long term, probably by the end of the year, we're going to see Tezos rise up to about 4 or $5 again. Um, and one of the main reasons for that is Coinbase's custody solution. I think the fact that Coinbase actually went out on a limb and said, hey, you're going to get a return on this cryptocurrency. It's called Tezos. Learn all about it. And they really put a lot of their money behind that. And to me, that's a bullish sign for Tezos long term. I think I think for me in general, betting on what Coinbase is going to do with them, betting on the amount of institutional investors, what they're going to do with it. To me, Tezos sounds like a very sound project at this point, no matter how it started. I want to do Inside Protocol on it next next season. For sure, we'll have to do it. But at this point, to me, this is where I'm getting in at. I, I bought a nice slice bag today on Tezos because I feel like at this point, $1.44 seems like a really good spot to get in. We'll see where it goes from here to the end of the year. But at this point, I'm, I'm holding some Tezos at this point. Uh, another one that I was looking at here is, is Quantum. We've done Quantum Inside Protocol in the past. This is one that kind of took me a long time. I really wanted to get at a price where I could feel comfortable you know, losing on it if it did lose on it. But at this point, I am holding some at this point. And I, the only reason I see this is because of this. So if we look at here in the short term, we've seen it crash all the way back down, all the way from $103. Yeah, that's right. It was $103 at the height of 2017, 2018. And we saw it crash all the way back down to $50. And that was within the same week. So it literally ran up to 100 a lot of people sold off on it, crashed back down to $54, and then it kind of hung around at $54.43, and then quickly in February, it went down to $20, $30, and then it hung around at $20, and then right around April, May is when everything crashed, and that's when we saw it go back down under $10. At this point, we are looking at right now $2.38 being its all-time low, or actually, no, my bad, $1.86 being its all-time low. At this point, it's gone from $1.86 um, all the way up to $3.36. It's making a run. It's making a run back up. This tells me that this proof of stake smart contract blockchain platform, or what some people are calling value transfer protocol, is not going to go away. And one of the main reasons, go back and listen to the old episode on Insight Protocol for Quantum, but one of the main reasons is because it's building, it's building on Bitcoin's UTXO transaction model. And if you don't know this, this is to add functionality of smart contracts to that execution model. So what I'm trying to say is quantum. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to go up. It's looking like it's going to go up here in the short term. I'm not sure. I don't have an exact price on it, but I would say safely say like, yeah, I could get to seven dollars here once we get past August for sure. I think it can go to X here shortly. Um, Easy, easy. 
Uh, and it doesn't look like the project is letting up either. There's, there's, they're doing weekly updates. They're, they're trying to make as much, um, as many possible like meetups and stuff around the world. So that, that shows me that they're bullish on expanding this out. I think the only thing I, I didn't like about it was their original co-founder left a project, but it seems like they haven't let up yet. So um, I'm looking at quantum. I'm holding some quantum at this point. I think we are, it's down 6% today. That's why I bought it. Um, I think at this point, I think we're going to see that rise, but don't go do your own research. Don't take my advice. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, another one that we were talking about on the telegram today was Sia. It was interesting because Sia, uh, if you don't know, this is one of our favorite cryptos in the telegram. A lot of people like it, but um, it was, it's at three tenths of a cent. And um, if you haven't been watching it, like I have, cause I, man, there's some of these I'd just be watching. So since February, it's gone up, it's gone up um, two whole tenths of a cent. So that tells me, okay, you know, we're probably going to see it go up to a penny here, 3x, what I mean, or at least 1x here in the short term. And they just released something. I think I put it in the Telegram. They just released something, uh, which is the uh, new Sia Sync app. Uh, and they also just announced that they have over 300 terabytes of data stored on the Sia network. That's pretty big, man. So once they get on Coinbase, <laughs> which, which I hope is here in the short term, we'll see. I think we're going to open up a lot more people to the remarkable project that is Sia. I really do. But anyways, I, 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 I bought some more Sia today upon that news. 300 terabytes is a lot. That tells me that people are using it. So to me, I'm willing to hold, um, buy a nice bag here and hold until we get to a penny and then sell, right? Or you, at its peak, it was at nine cents. So just think about that. Okay, with that, let's get on to the end of the show.
right, ladies and gentlemen, another Thriller Coin Talk is Dunsies. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Appreciate you. And uh, I'm going to actually send this out as a free episode to everybody that subscribed to our newsletter. I went ahead and imported all our old newsletter because we moved newsletters. So you're all going to get a free episode of Thriller Coin Talk today. And just want to say thank you for everything. And to remember, at the end of the day, if you're not buying Bitcoin, you're not trying to save the world. So go out there, buy Bitcoin, save the entire world. See you next time. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Killer Podcast with R. Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research. Listen to other dudes that start their name with crypto, and not Carr. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi at a time.